We power rank the top 10 non-playoff teams from last season and where we think they'll be in 2023. Here in the Locked On NFL podcast, Chris Carter, Lauren Cox coming at you on a Friday. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're your hosts, Chris Carter and Lauren Cox of Locked On Steelers and Locked On Bears. We're bringing you the Friday episode. Q's out somewhere chilling on a beach on on some vacation where I wish I could be right now, but I'm not as cool as him. So you get us this weekend as a team. And this episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler that Lauren Cox is drinking off screen on screen right now. So get your get your tumbler right now that comes with every order. Uh do do that. Do check that out there. We'll have more on bird dogs in a bit. Lauren, we're gonna do something fun here that kind of involves both of the teams that we cover. And we're gonna power rank the top 10 teams. That didn't make the playoffs last year as far as how they look going into this season and where we think they'll finish. We'll start from the bottom, work our way to the top, and then we'll talk about the Tyree Kill situation in a bit here. Lauren, how is how is how are things before we get into this? Because I, I we both we're both probably gonna talk about our teams at some point in this list, but I gotta get a sense from you. What is the sense of, of Justin Fields going into year two and what the confidence is? Uh, with the or excuse me, year three, but what's the confidence here with uh, with the Bears? Yeah, it's it's year two in this Bears offensive system, which is big yeah. for year three in the NFL. Um, confidence level is definitely high. Expectations are higher for improvement. I don't think I don't think people are. I think Bears fans are trying not to do the Jalen Hurts thing and be like, oh, he's got to be Jalen Hurts this year because the step that he made in year three of his career. But like a, a good like full step below that, like improvement, more consistency in the passing game, and should win some more games, but I think the feeling around the team is like, it would be nice to push for a playoff spot and maybe they'll be on the fringes of that, but where that ultimately ends up finishing, you know, there's a range of outcomes there, but certainly not going to be, you know, a double digit win team. I hear you, Matt. I think that they, there's, there's some potential for the bears. Let's waste no more time. Let's start getting to our top 10. So what we've done is we took the time before the show to power rank our teams from 10 up to one. We'll start at 10, get to one uh, in, in the next segment. Um, and go over who we think the top 10 teams are. Lauren, your, your, your number 10 team that was a non-playoff team last year is how you see them this year. I went with the Tennessee Titans, and I, I know they're still, they're still a, a veteran team in a lot of ways, but they've been kind of doing this like shedding a little bit, and I just feel like they're on the decline in a way that I'm so concerned about. I don't feel like they've got much in terms of weapons right now for, for T- Ryan Tannehill, that at least like can, enough weapons to like – buoy a quarterback like Tannehill that needs such a strong supporting cast. I mean, of course, you, know, you still got the backfield with Tyree Kill and, of course, or, I mean, Derrick Henry, excuse me, getting ahead of myself, and Tajay Spears. Like, I still like, they've got pieces there. They're not going to be a, a terrible team, but I'm just not in love with the direction that they're headed as a franchise, and it just feels like they maybe are more talented than the 10th team here, but it feels like the, the way that things are kind of trending under Vrabel right now, I'm just not confident that that just feels like a team that's going to not implode, but do worse than we might expect this year. I hear you on that. I, the, I mean, the Titans certainly were. They had seven wins last year, and they've drafted two quarterbacks in the last two seasons. Will Levis has not done well in camp, according to sources with inside their camp, and Malik Willis apparently, apparently is, they've already moved on from. So 
with those investments, it's not looking too great for a few things there for Tennessee. We'll get to them more later because I have them a little bit higher on my list. But I went with number 10 with some of your friends, the Packers. Uh, I put them there because I know that they have talent on their roster, but I'm not a Jordan Love believer. And I just I haven't been. I thought that, that I was I found it peculiar when they picked him when they did. I have it the, the one time we've seen him. I wasn't impressed. I feel like this is going to be a rough year for Green Bay. I think they'll be able to hang in there. They'll be able to compete because they do have talent on their roster. But I just I think that they're going to they're at the bottom of this of this list simply because I don't think that he's going to be able to do enough to carry them. Call, call it a bias, but I was trying to decide between the Packers and the Titans for this tenth spot, and I <laughs> I left Green Bay off my list. So they did not. They did not crack. They were. They were like telling Peter. Be- I'm telling Peter. <laughs> Peter will let me have it. Don't worry. He always will. But, you know, similarly, like I felt like Aaron Rodgers was holding so much of that team together. And I don't think Jordan Love can in the same way. I feel you. We'll move on to our number nine teams here. My number nine team is your squad, the Chicago Bears. I think Justin Fields and them, they'll be able to hang in there a little bit. I still think there's some coalescing that needs to happen in Chicago, but I do feel like they're, they'll they'll take a step up this year. Uh, I just don't know how far of a step up it, it'll, it'll, it'll come this year. Yeah, that's the million-dollar question, right? It's like they're good, mm-hmm. they have to be better. There, there's no way they're going to be worse than they were last right. year. But is that six wins? Is that nine wins? Somewhere in between. Like, Yeah, there's quite a range of outcomes there, and it all depends on the step that Justin Fields takes. They're definitely a big wild card in this. That They could be they could be a team picking in the top ten of the draft again, and they could be a surprise playoff team. And that's a, a, as volatile of a range of outcomes as most teams on this list. My number, my number nine is the Atlanta Falcons. I know Ooh, you're building okay. up some playoff hype here and people are fired up about some of the progress that they've made around the team, but not a big Desmond Ritter believer. And like, as much as I do like B. John Robinson, I don't know that he's going to like be the thing that opens up and unlocks their offense completely. Like it's still at the end of the day comes down to the quarterback spot. And I still feel like that defense is kind of a weird mix of like old guys. And then like, young guys and there's there's sort of this middle class that's needed to sort of coalesce things there and again like i don't think they're going to be terrible by any means but i'm just not super confident in them taking this big step forward i think it'll be a little more slow and steady i hear you on that let's move up to number eight here who's your number eight squad that you have listed the new england patriots i never (laughs) you haven't reacted to all these picks i'm like i am this is interesting yeah no but i mean like i still feel like with bill belichick there's a certain there's a certain level of like, they're going to be all right, right? They're never going to just like completely fold when they have enough sort of that consistency there. And I know there was, I certainly have my own questions about Mac Jones with, with Bailey Zappi behind him, but I feel like they can figure out some things there. They added a little bit more at the receiver position. Like I feel like there's, and of course, defensively, you can get some, I really like their draft with Christian Gonzalez and, and Keon, Keon White. Like I feel like those are guys that can be big time difference makers right away in their careers. And I feel like there's just enough improvement there that like things are trending in a good direction for them. I, I like them around this spot. I feel you there. My number 18 is the Denver Broncos. And partially because I think Sean Payton will do a better job of putting this team on the right track. I still don't think that they're a uh, a supreme contender by any means. I think Russell Wilson have a better year. But I like a lot of the pieces that they've added. Uh, I like their secondary. I like, what, what, like different parts of their team right now. I still think they they still have a lot of long way to go before they're a whole team. And I think that they get kind of to where people thought they would be when they added Russell Wilson. Uh, but I still think that they'll they'll find a way to be interesting here and compete and you know maybe be in that seven to nine win range by the by the end of the season with how things go. Speaking of seven, we get to our, our number seven team. This will be the last team here before we go to the break. Who's your number seven squad? 
I put my Chicago Bears right here ahead All right. of All right. ahead of the Patriots and Falcons. They beat the New England Patriots last season. That was one of the three teams that they actually did beat last season. And I feel like again, <laughs> Bears getting better. Other teams also trying to get better, but you know, from where they were. And I feel like, yeah, like this is the right spot for me where like probably not gonna be like a big time playoff push here, but improved enough to feel like they could be better than some of those teams below them and that fields will will raise them up enough to to win a few more games this season and the, the improvements. But like you said, I think it's going to take, you know, the bears are really a team that's building for 2024. Like this year is about progress. Next year is about really trying to hit it hard. And so we'll see progress and they will be a better team, but not like drastically better. I hear you on that. My number seven team, not too far geographically from Chicago, but Cle- the Cleveland Browns. Seven. I think that the, I think that the, yeah, here's the thing, man. I know you're supposed to, be, we're supposed to believe in Deshaun Watson, all this stuff. I wasn't believing too much of what I saw last year. I was like, mm, they didn't, they weren't putting it together. And the other thing is that when you look at their roster, they didn't get to add much. I mean, their first round draft pick was like a late third, or their first pe- draft pick was a late third rounder this year because of the, the Deshaun Watson trade. Their cap, their their uh, salary cap hamstrung. I just, I think they're in a position where they're not going to get much better than last year. I think that Deshaun Watson, maybe he's better at times. Uh, but I still think, and I've said this for years about the Browns, the problem isn't necessarily always just the players uh, that are on the Browns. It's the organization itself. It's been defunct. It's been it's been not good. They'll have a moment here or there where they spike up and they look really strong and everyone buys and the Browns are going to be it. And then they fall apart and then everyone's like, well, how did that happen? They're the Cleveland Browns. They do it all the time and they're going to do it again this year. I still rank them at seven because I think that they have ta- enough talent on their roster to be troublesome. Like I think that they're going to split with a lot of teams in the AFC North, but I also think that throughout the season, they're going to have so many of those games. They're like, how did they lose that one? Why did they lose it? And at the end of the day, you just gonna go back and you say, it's Cleveland. That's why it, that, that's why it happened. We'll get to our top six, finishing out our list here of our top 10 non-playoff teams from the 2022 seasons. We head into 2023. But first, before we do anything else, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, of course, is the clothing line here that's here to make you look good. They use stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer on you through the, through the thigh and the leg and give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Lauren's sporting them here for you on camera if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, and they fit better than regular shorts, and they aren't made of the stiff, restricted cotton because now Bird Dogs – Fix the, fix the issue of, of some of that restrictive cotton by inserting uh, this cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. And that is so huge, especially in the summertime when you're trying to be out and active. Bird Dogs also with the summertime has an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So to get your pair of Bird Dog shorts, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. When you make your order, you'll get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want, want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Back here in the Locked On NFL podcast, Chris Carter and Lauren Cox on the Friday edition talking all things NFL. We're breaking down our top 10 non-playoff teams from last year and how we rank them here we now enter our top six after listening listing seven uh, ten through seven lauren one recap for our listeners who your ten through seven were and then give us your, your number 16 so from the bottom up titans falcons patriots bears and i go new orleans saints here i feel like i i believe mm. in Derek Carr. i think more than a lot of people in terms of i think nationally certainly people in new orleans are feeling like the playoffs are there but I like the weapons that they have there. I feel like the offensive line is good for Carr. Like Carr needs a little bit of a supporting cast, and it feels like 
well, it's not like a top five group in the NFL as far as non-playoff teams goes. Like it's it's enough to sort of have that consistency at the quarterback position elevate the Saints enough. And they're still I don't think their defense lost a little bit. And I definitely have some concerns there, especially up front in the pass rush. But there's enough there for me that I feel like this team is just like right here in the middle, like top 10, you know, top six ish feels right for them. I hear you on that. I, I have the Saints in a similar location, not at not at six, but coming up soon. I have the Colts at six. The Colts, and that's a bold claim, right? Yeah. But hear me out. I have a I have a think here. My looking at the Colts, the a big part of the problem last year was the quarterback situation and how they didn't have any any, any basis for who they were. Jonathan Taylor fell off the map. Quentin Nelson was even underperforming. I think that there was just a just a, across the board, they just failed in a lot of respects and they gave up midseason and we're kind of like, we just need to hit the reset button. I think this year is a good reset button for them. I'm not sure if they make the playoffs this year, but I feel like they're going to catch some people off guard because their running game is going to be not all the way back, but better than it was last year. And I think that Anthony Richardson, if he gets in and he does start, I think that he does enough at the quarterback position to say like, hey, where you know we 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 have at least a balanced attack here. They can do enough on defense to hang in there. And I also think it benefits with another team that's going to be the top here soon. But I also think it benefits that they're in the AFC South because the Texans aren't going to be that good. You talked about the Titans, uh, the Jaguars. I think took a step up, but I'm curious to see can they build any consistency. And I think the Colts might be able to benefit from being in such a topsy turvy division there. That's why I put them at six. But who's your number five? Oh no, go ahead. You have a thought there. I was just saying, first year raw quarterback prospect is uh, it's a lot of expectations on him to come in and, and be there the are. maker. And I, I feel like there's going to be some mistakes there too, but I do really like Shane, I can never say it, Shane Steichen as a head coach. I think he's a good <laughs> coach so with Jim Bob Cooter as offensive coordinator. So if anybody can do it, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter, one of the greatest football names of all time. Um, but uh, but Lauren, give us your fifth ranked team here because now we're in the top five, and this is when it starts to get really interesting. This is where I go with Denver Broncos, and I, I'm hesitant on them. I really am. This one was a tough spot to try and figure them out. But I do think Sean Payton coming in can figure some things out with, with Russell Wilson in a way that it's not going to be you know, Super Bowl Russell Wilson by any means. But I think the amount he underachieved last season was – even more so than just like age and getting older. Like I think he was worse. Like there's some overcorrection to now come yeah. back regression to the mean to where he will be better. And they've got they all the free agent money they went out and spent, like the offensive line should be better. They still got all the good weapons at receiver. Plus they added Marvin Mims in the draft. And I feel like defensively they added some nice pieces up front. Like, yeah, they've kind of done some transition here and there, but I still think if that team can stay healthy, they can do a little more damage last than we saw last year. I hear you on that. I hear you that entirely. The Broncos at five. I, and I, I like the Broncos. I just put them further down because I just I don't believe in them just yet based off of what I saw. But I do think there's a chance that they could creep up into that conversation. My number five team, though, the New Orleans Saints. And partially because I do think them getting Derek Carr, them, them getting at, adding him, I think he's not going to fix everything. I think he's going to balance stuff out. And I think there's enough talent on the, on the Saints roster that they will be able to be a problem. And again, similar situation I was talking about with the Colts, they're in the NFC South, which is a worse division. And I feel like they're going to be able to come in and say, hey, you know what? They might even sweep the whole division with how bad the Bucks look, how bad the Panthers look, um, and how bad the who else, who else is in the NFC South right now. And I'm blanking on, on them. I always do this. The fourth team I forget. Um, Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. Falcons. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not a Ritter fan either. So I'm just like, mm, 
I don't see it there. So, but that's that's why I, the Saints will beat teams that I don't even remember exist. Uh, some sometimes there in the <laughs> NFC South. Uh, but that's that's why I have them at number five. All right, number four, final four of the teams that you think, and I think this is where we start getting the range of teams that we actually think could make the playoffs for uh this this time around. This may be where I break your heart, Chris, because I put the Pittsburgh Steelers here at four. You dog. Like, I how dare you? <laughs> you insult my family. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I, I like the Steelers. I and I certainly I, I'm a biased big fan of the a couple of their draft picks there. Nick Herbig and Keanu Benton, both great human beings in addition to great football players. Like I think that defense oh, is Wisconsin man. Are you what Wisconsin man? Are you alum for sure? And I Keanu Benton went to my so high wait, school. So wait, basically you're picking like. Pittsburgh is Wisconsin now. They have T.J. Watt. They've got Keanu Benton. They even have Isaiah Loudermilk on top of Herbig, and you're going to put him at four? Uh, next time I go to the locker room, I'm going to say, hey, Lauren Cox, fellow Wisconsin alum, hates you guys, and I'll see how they you see how they like it. Keanu Benton went to my high school. He's from my hometown. Like, we – I know – I've met his parents. Like, we are – I don't – we're not, like, cool. best friends, but, like, yeah, so please, please do tell him. I really appreciate that. No, but – I, to, to me, honestly, like it's a little bit of a picket thing. Like I, I, I think Pickett's good. Like it's not like a, he's bad, but like to be that to take that next step. Like I need to see him take over a little bit more and to, to really kind of show some like next level quarterbacking. And I still want to see a little bit more of that from him. Okay, all right, we'll we'll get to the Steelers in a bit because I haven't named them on my list just yet. But uh, my number four team here, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Wow. I'm going with them because I think that they're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill, and I think that he's going to just do solid enough. And I think that they're a team that, with still with Derrick Henry, they'll still be able to to run the ball. They'll be. And here's the thing: the Colts. I think it's going to be the Colts or the Titans that become that second AFC South team that just becomes problematic for the Jaguars to figure out. And the Jaguars still being a young team, I think it's one of those two teams are going to be. That's why I put them at four and six because I think that one of those two teams is going to take advantage. The Texans. I know that they got their new quarterback and everything. I'm sorry. They're going to take some time to develop. They're they're going to be swept by the division, I think, and they might steal one game from somebody. Um, but I, I just I feel like the Titans still have something to say here before they completely fall apart. But I do agree with you that they don't have much longer before they do fall apart. And Mike Vrabel's experiment here is 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 going to stop working because um, I think they've kind of missed their window with their opportunity to make a big strike. But all right, your number three team here of non-playoff teams, going with the Detroit Lions here. I, I think whoa. Okay. I, I think they're a regression candidate. I think they're a team that may end up doing worse this year than they did last year. Like they're still going to be good, but I think Jared Goff got away with some stuff last season that statistically is likely to come back down a little bit. Plus, <laughs> I agree. They're, they're missing players from the gambling issues, and I think they they're just like they got they certainly like improved in a lot of different areas. And I, that's why they're still number three on my list, but just not like I think they're a hot team that everyone thinks is going to be like you know the next playoff team for the team that's going to make the playoffs. I think maybe, but. That's, I'm, I'm not quite as bullish on them, but maybe that's an NFC North bias too. <laughs> no, I feel you. It's funny because they're my number three team. I actually, I, I think that like, I'm not a big, uh, what's the culture? What's the coach's name? Danny, what's his face, sir? Uh, Campbell, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell. I'm not a big Dan Campbell guy. Neither is Q because we talking about him a lot. The whole biting kneecaps thing. I'm just like, sorry, man, I don't buy into it. But I do buy into some of the talent that they've added. And then I think that they can be a competitive team. I don't think that they go too far this year. I think that they're in also in a weak division where you kind of have the Vikings, who I think overperformed last year. And we'll see how they do without Dalvin Cook. You have the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. The Bears, who I think, like, like we were just talking about, I think the reason I put the Bears on my list is I think they can take advantage of, of an NFC North that's 
kind of doesn't have a king right now. And uh, but that's also where I think the Lions could sneak their way in. I mean, they 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 won the last ever game that Aaron Rodgers played as a Green Bay Packer. And that I I know I know plenty of Lions fans. I have, I have plenty of friends from Detroit and they are they were just like, that was just the best thing ever. It was like, you know, yeah, sure. We didn't make the playoffs or nothing, but we just loved seeing him go out the tunnel. And then now those Packers fans will never get to enjoy it. And I was like, geez, you guys have issues. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, we do. We do. <laughs> it's like, as a president Chicago guy, we do. Uh, but, um, but I just, I feel like the Lions will be in a position to compete in a, in a weaker division and, and make and make some good statement games here and there. Uh, but I'm with you that I'm still not sure that Jared Goff is going to be the answer in the long run. All right, we're f- down to our final two. Who is your number two non-playoff team? This is where I put the Cleveland Browns. And I think that the, the difference is smoking right now. I can't <laughs> believe you. The main difference I think between you and I there is just level of faith in Deshaun Watson returning to previous Deshaun Watson form. I, I do feel like, now with a full like regular offseason and a full training camp, full regular season to like get through everything with this team, like there's a lot better chance that he maybe isn't as great as he once was, but like is still pretty good. I like the weapons that they have around him. I still think that defense has a lot to like about it. And I just think supporting cast plus pretty good young quarterback that's still ascending. I, I think they're going to be good, even though I won't certainly be rooting for him. No, I hear you on that. I just, I'm sorry. I just, I look at this team and I think that like, you're the team that was getting smoked by Kenny Pickett at the end of last season. I mean, smoked 28, 14, wasn't even close. Steelers were like clowning him at the end of the game. And I'm just like, and, and again, that was a Steelers team that had a rookie quarterback was still figuring things out. Um, and, and again, when I just look at the, like they add, they got to Darius Smith, which is a good replacement for Jadavian Clowney, but we'll see how he does in their system. Um, you know, I, I like their, some of their corners. I like Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. Um, I think Grant Delpit is kind of meh. I think Ron Thornhill is a decent safety. I like I liked him coming out of college, and I liked what he did with Kansas City. But you know, I just I look at how this defense. Like I think Miles Garrett is, is you know great talent and all, but the Steelers have found a way to neutralize him for the past several years. And just like I look at that, and I think that all in all, like this offense really needs to click in ways that it has not. And, and I get that Deshaun Watson he could make that state that, that rise up and be kind of who we started to see more of Houston four years ago how long has it been since we've seen him yeah. play and and that's just that's where i'm at it's like, like nick chubb is the best player like to nick chubb to me is the best part of this if they can if the offensive line can kick butt and get him going this team that this browns team can be dangerous but as it stands i, I think that enough teams will take it to run away i don't think that the passing game will do enough but you have them as number two my number two team here the new york jets aaron Rodgers adding to this team they're, they're, they're extremely talented this year but i have a caveat here lauren I, just, I feel like this could be very Russell Wilson-ish, but even worse because I think Aaron Rodgers, when if things start to go wrong in New York, Aaron Rodgers will not take any of the blame. He'll just kind of just be, be like, this isn't my fault, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and the Jets will be scrambling around. Robert Sala is going to be there. It's going to, it's gonna you know, create a sort of uh, division within the team when Aaron Rodgers is kind of being Aaron Rodgers in the bad moments. If they don't have bad moments, if, they, if they're like 12 and 5 next year, They'll be fine, and then I, I think that they'll just they'll, they'll watch. But if they get to a point where, like, by like week nine, they're like five and four, four and four, something like that, and there's questions: what, what's wrong with the Jets? Aren't they supposed to be taken over? I think that could cause some rifts in a in a young team that has an old quarterback that kind of does his own thing. Um, but I still think the talent definitely there. Um, I think if they're able to find their franchise quarterback of the future, the Jets could be a very serious problem for the next decade or so in the AFC. See, they're my number one team, and I think again, it's okay. the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like I, I've seen Aaron Rodgers make 
more with less in Green Bay than he's got in New York here. I still feel like, again, like some pretty solid wide receivers for him. The offensive line is it, it certainly good enough for Aaron Rodgers, and I think that defense still has a lot of great pieces. Like they felt like a quarterback away last season, and when you when you replace that quarterback away with Aaron Rodgers, it feels like okay, like that's rubber stamped playoff team this year. I feel you. I, I it, it's hard it's hard to argue with that there as far as the talent that's been added to them and what they're going to be able to do. So I go to my number one team, and it should be no surprise to anyone out there about who I have not mentioned so far and how I just. I couldn't believe that you would just speak with such hate in your heart for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, I do think the Steelers will be the best non-playoff team coming out of this year. Here's the thing. The Steelers were the number one non-playoff team last year. They were 9-8, and eight, barely missed the playoffs because of a tiebreaker last year. And they missed T.J. Watt for two whole months. If he plays... Any one of the Dolphins game, the Patriots game, the Jets game, and there's a couple others in the, the, the first Ravens game, they win those games because he's, they've shown when he's on the field and he's healthy, they're a problem. The, he's like Troy Polamalu of the 2008-ish, 2010-ish Steelers, where when he was on the field, that defense was the best in the league. You couldn't do much with it. When he was off the field, they were very mid, and, they, and you could take advantage of them, and you needed Ben Roethlisberger to go off. But I think that defense will be back up to top, top stuff there. I think Patrick Peterson is getting along very well with Joey Porter Jr. in the cornerback room that they're developing there. Minka Fitzpatrick still the best safety in football. Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi, a really great one-two punch. Alex Highsmith, who had 14 and a half sacks, now bookends with a healthy TJ Watt there. That defense is going to be a problem. But here's where I think that you truly messed up, Lauren. You don't know about Kenny Pickett. I covered Kenny Pickett in college. <laughs> and... Let me tell you, when he started making plays the second half of the season and some people were like, oh, I didn't know he could do This is who this guy is. He is a ridiculous student of the game. He studies religiously. He is all about the team, and he's been all about film focus, improving himself. And that's why you saw Kenny Pickett, yeah, in the first in the first several games of the season, he threw like eight interceptions in his, in his first like six appearances. But in the last few games of the season, he threw one interception. I think it was the, the second half of the season after the bye week. And in that stretch, they went, I think it was six and two. I think it was in, in that stretch there. And the one game they lost to the Bengals, uh, 30, 30 to 37. And the one game was the Ravens game when he got knocked out of it because of an injury. And I think what we saw last year from Kenny Pickett was a guy who could make the clutch plays and the clutch moments and the clutch reads, and he's a guy that has great touch. And I think that this year you're going to start to see him put together things that he was starting to figure out at the end of the season. He's not going to be elite. He's not going to be like top 10 quarterback or anything like that. But I think he's going to be like above the middle of the pack in the NFL this year, and that'll be just enough for what the Steelers have added to their offensive line and for what the Steelers are getting back on defense to make them a playoff team this time around, where I think that they, again, of all these teams that we listed, I like their chances to, to take a step up because they were right there a year before without losing the best defensive player in football. But of all those teams they beat in that late winning streak, one of them made the playoffs, I think, because it was what? Colts, I hear Falcons, that. Panthers, Raiders, Browns, and then they beat the Ravens with a playoff team, but it's a lot of a lot of teams picking in the top five and top ten of the draft that they were beating down the stretch there. Hey, I hear that entirely, but they also beat the Bengals last year, and they were a team that was able to that was able to figure some things out. And again, I think that you look back at last year, if they have T.J. Watt at the right times in, a, in an accident that this guy has been healthy for pretty much his entire career except that season, I think that they're taking a lot of those teams that they lost to. And again, they are a playoff team. But 
We'll sure. see what they do this year. We got to talk about the Tyreek Hill situation in a minute here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Chris Carter, Lauren Cox, we'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Chris Carter, Lauren Cox, we wanted to talk about the, the Tyreek Hill situation. It's tough to it's tough to go over, you know, what might happen with Tyree Kill when with, with this situation. We know about the situation where he had a domestic violence allegations um, uh, for the mother, mother of his children, and we saw how how that played out years ago. But now this new situation that it, that is sparked up is now over a marina in, incident in Miami, where apparently there was a person that was working there that was trying to tell Tyreek Hill's hunting crew that they couldn't uh, go after a certain type of uh, water animal. And uh, that led to an argument and that the, the claim, according to these allegations is that Tyreek Hill struck this person in the back of the head, no serious injuries, but still a, a, an assault slash battery situation. And it seems like he's going to be charged with, uh, with, I think the, the charges have been made of a of battery and assault uh, on, on Tyreek Hill. But the question then becomes, what comes of this, Lauren? Because Tyreek Kills now has a history, and now you have an incident of violence that we still got to go through and see what actually happens here. But this is a bad look for a guy who's a key piece to a Dolphins team that I think everyone, a lot of people are expecting to take a serious step up this, this year. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like in a vacuum on paper. It's like, okay, NFL wide receiver slaps an employee in the back of the head. Did, you know, if, if this wasn't Tyreek Hill, would this be a big deal? Probably not. I mean, we certainly wouldn't be talking about it right now if it wasn't a, such a premier player. So it's like, I, I feel like on one hand, it's like, okay, is this that big of a deal? But but like you said, like given the history of, you know, off the field trouble there and given that, that there's a violence aspect in both both ways, all of a sudden there's a, there's a precedent here that makes this more serious and makes it more, you know, just more of a concern because, because there's, it starts to become a pattern, even if it's just sort of the quote unquote, the official second time he's been, investigated in this sort of way but like it makes you wonder if there have been other incidents that haven't been investigated or if there's been other acts of violence or if there's been other just ways that he struggles to deal with maybe anger or emotions in some of these situations yeah. if there's the risk for maybe further things happening in the future like all, all because of the the history here behind it for Tyree Kill. so that's why like yeah in, in some ways I'm like well okay he hit the guy in the back like I, I'm picturing like you know the, the like you know the little slap like you know mm -hmm. like, like your brother we don't know how serious this was yeah yeah like so like we don't know exactly what it looked like. I mean, but it's it's Tyree Kill, and at the end of the day, like that that that's something that has to be carried with him through all these conversations. And I think something we were worried about, you know, when he goes to Miami, a place of nightlife, a place of a lot of fun and excitement and partying and stuff, whether that something like this could come up. And it, he, I mean, he made it this far before even a, a very minor incident like this. So maybe maybe things are trending in the right direction more generally for him. Uh, I'm just I'm in the position where I'm just like, man, like I'm the Dolphins management. I'm like, Tyreek, you got to avoid everything. Because like you said, this could be much ado about nothing This or, or much ado about something very slight where he's like, but he has to he has to remember he is a target. Just like any NFL player, when you're out and about, someone knows that you make a lot of money. You're a celebrity. People, you're easily recognizable. And people know that if you mess up, it can mean a lot more to you than it does to them. And I think if you're in that situation, especially when you have a history where you've been in the news and it's impacted your career before, you cannot afford to be allow, allow yourself to be even, even close to those situations. And I know that that's tough sometimes because sometimes you're just living your life. You're going out and you're doing things. You're having fun. And then something might happen that you, that catches you off guard and you just respond poorly. But that's where Tyreek Hill has to keep it under control. And I, and I look at this Dolphins team. 
you know, we, we talked about non-playoff teams, but as far as teams that barely made the playoffs, I think that the Dolphins are in a position to make a big rise up in the AFC East, especially because I'm not so sure the Bills are going to be uh, top tier this year uh, with, with how they've looked. And I think that th- their window might be closing as far as striking at this part of Josh Allen's career with the roster that they have and the team that could maybe overtake them could be the Dolphins. But if Tyreek Hill isn't there, remove all of that because he is such a big piece of that. And I, I think the Dolphins, they can't afford to to lose this guy, even if it's for like a four-game suspension or something like that. Yeah, and that's – well, that's the concern, right? Because like if this was any other wide receiver, we wouldn't be concerned about a suspension necessarily from a – Right. You know, I mean, maybe a fine or or maybe at most like a, a one-game sort of like slap on the wrist, like, hey, don't get, don't get in trouble for assault or battery. But because it's Tyreek Hill, it's like, okay, is there a – is there a previous sort of track record like the level of offense increases as a sort of a repeat offender in that way? Although right. technically the previous offense happened before he was in the NFL, but regardless, like there, there's a sort of conduct detriment of the league and, and mm-hmm. the perception that does, does, does the team or the league need to come down harder on Tyreek Hill because of that? And does that lead then to a greater chance of him missing time or having some sort of impact larger than any other, larger than most other players would have from this. But to your point, like for the Dolphins, like you take 1700 and, and over the course of a season, 1700 yards out of this offense, like that's a third of their passing offense that just mm-hmm. goes right through Tyree kill. If not a little more than that, like the math on yards like that becomes difficult. Obviously he's not going to miss a whole season. So you're not taking off a full season's worth of yards, but even for like a handful of games, missing a, a third, almost half of their passing offense through one player. Like, sure, Jalen Waddle is great, and there's a lot to like about Waddle, but, you know, they don't have Mike Jusecki anymore. The tight end position is much more of a blocking style in that Mike yeah. offense. So, like, if if you're missing Tyreek Hill for even a game, you're throwing to Waddle and Braxton Berrios and uh, Raheem Mostert out of the backfield, but it's really not a lot to be super fired up about, it's, it's certainly not for an extended period of time. Uh, I, I do think that that's the big concern there. A lot of people holding their breath there in Miami. Uh, right now about what that situation will be like. We'll see what happens here with Tyreek Hill as that case takes his, takes his progress forward. Uh, and we'll keep you up to date here on the Locked On NFL podcast through all of our hosts throughout the week. Lauren, thanks so much for joining me here on the Friday episode and filling in for Q. Let people know they can find you, follow them, and get more of your work. Yeah, of course. You can hear me on the Lockdown Bears podcast all offseason long. Blue shirt gang with me and Chris today on the YouTube. We, we matched without even coordinating there. So that was, that was fun. But yeah, and of course, on Twitter at Cox Sports One. Absolutely. Find him there and all his great Bears coverage with the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Also host the Locked On Steelers podcast, which you just you can find Locked On NFL and Locked On Bears Monday through Friday. Daily episodes, your favorite podcasting apps, your and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel and get our NFL channels as well as all of our channels for your favorite team. You can also find me at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, where I cover all things Pitt Athletics, post-gazette.com for that. And you can also find me at Carter Critiques on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again for everyone for checking us out. Back next week, check talk, checking out and see what other crazy things have happened in the NFL. And maybe we got some other crazy uh top 10 rankings that we'll go through.